want to thank everyone for tuning in to an all-new issue of Geek in the City Radio. And thank you for continuing to share the show with your friends and, you know, co-workers, wherever you happen to know and enjoy podcasts. Um, while you're sharing it, if you could give us a five-star review on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, uh, Podbean, where our show originates from, anywhere that you can give us a five-star rating would be appreciated. It helps us climb up the metrics and be able to bring more content to you. And if you've always wondered, hey, what do they look like while recording the show? Well, for almost a year now, we have been streaming on Twitch at twitch.tv forward slash geek in the city you can interact with uh, fellow listeners you can interact with us you know what we just have a great time every week hanging out and being you know just the nerds that we are we all have a lot of fun we would love you to join us twitch.com forward slash geek in the city as always the podcast will always be free and let's get it started right now why hello and welcome to issue 696 of Geek and City Radio. I'm one of your hosts, Aron Duran. I'm one of your other hosts, Pinarita. And I am your other other host, Cable Hashitani. Yes, and we're coming to you live from Bunkers Unknown. Undisclosed Unknown. locations. No, no, no. <sighs> How's it going? How's it going, guys? Oh, it's going pretty good. It's a Tuesday. Yeah, yeah. What what does that mean? I I don't know at this point. Uh, you know, oof, what a week! It's it's Tuesday, Lemon. That's right. What a world! What a world! Yeah, pretty much. That's that's still what that all means. Um, yeah, that's it. Uh, here we are. You're, you look confounded, it's just like in the old times. Uh, yes, because we're not like face to face right now there are certain things i had to do when we were remote that i forgot need to be done <laughs> with recording it's just having to you know yeah i must unlearn what i have learned or something like that <laughs> whatever that right. little and like relearn the thing Muppet. that you had to learn before and That's then, right. and then you were allowed to forget yes <sighs> <laughs> so what are we doing god today? damn it i facebook just reminded me of something that i was told a year ago and it doesn't stop being true someone just called dr pepper barbecue sprite i don't know if he'll ever recover Fuck, that's still true god damn it <laughs> why would you say something so controversial but so true i didn't i overheard it but yes <laughs> that just like blew my mind uh, yeah Pardon me, I have to go change my religion. Yep. Do you? <laughs> oh my gosh, and this Saturday mm-hmm. will be the fourth anniversary of Issue 500 live event and we're at uh, the old Rev Nats place. Aw. Oh, Look at us go. Just babies. <laughs> babies having podsies. I don't know. That no. got weird. No, don't. That's, oh, I can get weird. You want weird? No. You want to get nuts? Come on, no. let's get nuts. I, no. no, no, no. Let's, just, let's just do that. a regular show. I was doing a Michael Keaton comment, but I, that's okay. I, mm. I know. I know you were. I just, no, let's not get, I still don't want to get nuts. I just don't. There you go. Do you want to give nuts? No, that's, 
<laughs> that sounds like we're becoming a, a, a very quickly different podcast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I need to fix uh, D's nuts and doze apples. D's nuts. Mm. What state was that that like a 16 or 18 year old kid like got through the primaries oh. as D's nuts? I feel like it was the 2002 election also. I don't like this. <laughs> I what don't we, remember. Yeah. What are we doing today, friends? Is this uh, not it? Are you not I mean, entertained? Yes. Yes, it is going to be. Whomst among um, us. Whomst. <laughs> I believe we're talking more about uh, a couple more episodes of Avatar The Last Airbender season yeah. three. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, episodes five and six. Ooh, boy. Do you, Cable, do you want to talk about this uh, board game that you shared with us today? Uh, it's not a board game. It's an RPG. Oh, it's a card game. RPG. I Brains. Uh-huh. Do you want to talk about that game? <laughs> sure. Um, I got got a solicitation at work from Evil Hat Productions for a game they have up on Backer Kit right now called Girl by Moonlight. A game about the tragic struggles and defiant triumphs of a group of magical girls resisting an oppressive society. Girl by Moonlight explores the heartbreak of denying who you really are and the transcendent power of relationships and community. It just went live today. There are 30 days left to back this. Uh, the funding goal is thirty thousand dollars. They have made over one hundred thousand so far. So, um, it uh, it says that uh, the inspiration for this book is Sailor Moon, Steven Universe, Vuela uh, Magai Madoka Magica, and the Vision of Escalfone, and others. Uh, there are four different play sets to choose from. One is called Brink of the Abyss, where it's uh, heroic magical girls fight to reclaim a corrupted world. That's yeah. more in the Sailor Moon and Steven Universe um, areas. There's the play set of Honesty of Stars, which is mecha pilots struggling against the extinction at the hands of Leviathans and inspired by Die Buster and the vision of Escaflone. Um, Beneath the Rotting Sky playset deals with the tragedy and betrayal where magical girls are doomed to an inevitable fate. Uh, Inspired by Puella Magi Madoka Magica. And In the Maze of Dreams um, is a playset that draws on both Paprika and Serial Experiments Lane, which is the central themes for desire, mass culture, and ideas of developing a life of their own. So... I I don't the thing that I haven't figured out is whether it's its own system or if it's adapting another system like uh, Blades in the Dark or Powered by the Apocalypse or any other sort of um, D20 system. Well, their uh, one of their backer levels levels is called Roll Twenty. Mm-hmm. Which, but that's not necessarily always D20, though, right? No, uh, roll roll twenty is just a. I mean, yeah, it's kind of a, a catch all term, but you can play other things that aren't D twenty systems. Ah, uh, okay. Uh, I don't know these things. You can actually, if you go down that link more, um, they have a free 
looks like 20 page preview PDF over on drive through RPG.com. Mm-hmm. So, so if this sounds at all interesting to any of our listeners, you ought to go give this a, give this a look, look, see, yeah. I might actually back this before, um, as opposed to waiting for the retail one on this one. And I'm not actually that surprised they're doing so well. No. Um, first off, it's it's a very well-established game company. But also, I have been seeing ads for this on TikTok and Instagram for like two months. I honestly really? thought it was a, wow. I thought it was a comic book coming out first because it never the ads never mentioned what it was. It was just like, do you ever dream of? Do you wish you could ever? I honestly thought this was a comic book coming out from all the ads I saw. Mm. Oh, wow. Uh, it certainly looks like it. It's got some very like comic book style art, right? Um, it's it's beautiful. Um, the the other reason I think it's probably doing really well is that like magical girl shit is really popular right now. Just this <laughs> in the last in the past three days, maybe it was both even yesterday. I saw two different things where like big name brands are teaming up with uh, Sailor Moon. One oh, was mm-hmm. Chanel. And then the other one, I think was like a K-pop or maybe a J-pop girl band. And they're like officially connected with Sailor Moon. Nice. And that's just, right. you know, that's just the one that I'm really into. Uh, yeah, if only I could get publishers to recognize that that is still a very popular trend going on right now. What? I, I got nothing. Um, I, I, I found the information I was looking for. It is uses the Blades in the Dark system. Yeah. So Blades in the Dark, uh, Forged in the Dark. I think it, the system is called Forged in the Dark. It is. Um, it's called Forge in the Dark, the the, yeah. the, the basic system. Yeah, there's ba- the Blades in the Dark. Uh, I think there's Scum and Blades Villainy of, also uses it. I think there's Bands in the Dark. Basically, it allows yeah. the Blades in the Dark system to use like medieval combat if you want to have wide combat things too. Right. And if you want to know what Blades in the Dark is, the elevator pitch for it is it's like D&D except your entire party is rogues. It's a bit more than that also. It, it is, but... Yeah, yes. it's... Out of all the systems we talk about from the D20 to Powered by the Apocalypse, Blades in the Dark is the most character, player, narrative-driven. Nice. Um, the GM in that is very much just facilitating what the players want to do. Um, I always describe it of it's a dark, gothic London version of Ocean's Eleven. <laughs> in that you already come up what you want to do, say how you're going to pull off the heist, and then shenanigans happen as you play it out kind of thing. Nice. That's how you pull off the whole, like, how'd you know I was tailoring, tailing you? You know, tailing you, because we were tailing, because we had somebody else tailing you. Like, oh, it, it does that kind of stuff. Yeah. yeah, I downloaded the PDF really quick. As soon as I saw, like, you know, so-and-so already has two stresses against her, I'm like, stresses, that's Blades in the Dark. Uh, uh, mm-hmm. Speaking of um, downloads, if you back it, I think you g- get immediate access to a uh, a PDF of like the prototype 
manual for the game. Yeah, I think you don't even have to back it. That's that 50-page sampler from drive through RPG. Uh, text, complete prototype PDF, and free Roll20 Kickstart module. Yeah, oh, that's that's further down. Oh, okay. That's cool. <clears throat> so this oh, is gosh. great. Yeah, it looks cool. Hey, I, B, I just... Maybe you could run this game. Oh my god, why are you always pressuring me to run a game? Because I think you'd be actually very good at it. Yeah. And it would be fun to have a... Look, there's basically only three DMs in my life, and one of them's me. So it'd be neat to have variety. There's nothing wrong with Prime oh, or Greg, obviously. I see. Hey. I see. It's, it's really oh, not sorry. about me. Okay. There you go, four. Four. It's, it's been a two-month. Not even been a week for me. It's been fucking A. It's been two months. I know. And still can't say anything. It's fine. Mm-hmm. Um. So that's one thing that I was going to bring up. Uh, Another was I had a follow-up to our trip to Bricks Cascade. Uh, Bricks Cascade announced today the the award winners for the the People's Choice Award and a couple of their other awards. So the People's Choice went to Isla Chorizo, the forgotten island of Jurassic Park, um, where the... This is a, a team of builders, including the Olsen brothers, who are a, a contest who have been contestants on um, uh, Lego Masters. Uh, so Davy Olsen and Andy Olsen, then Bob Day, James Ritzman, Edison Monroe, Kai Shadley, J.J. Williams, Fergus Pons, Dave Morgan, Naomi Takeuchi, uh, Patrick Griffin, Drew Smith, Mark Corbell, Ben Kahn, Kyle Smith, Andrew Alfetch. Daryl Clifford and Rick Vogt. Cool. So it it was the I'm like it was the big Jurassic Park thing. Um they had a I'm Jurassic actually, Park one last year too. Right. Hmm? So I'm actually looking at pictures right now that were posted five days ago. If you just yep. type in Isla Chorizo Lego, it comes right up. Oh yeah. The, uh, the people's the people's choice runner up was from builder Sam Samuel Harmon, and that was you Baba's bathhouse. Oh yeah, that one was. Oh, that was pretty huge. impressive. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so, uh, um, why do I know that name? Which one? You, you uh, Baba's n- bathhouse. No, no, no. Um, of the names that you listed, I recognized one, uh, Naomi Takeuchi, but I can't uh, place why why I know her or know her name. Uh, Takeuchi. The Takeuchi family is here in Portland. Hmm. So, yeah, I mean, like, I'm friends with the Takeuchis. Okay. So, um, I don't know a Naomi Takeuchi, but I know several different Takeuchis. Hmm. So, hmm. It, it just might be a name that you've heard in Portland before. Oh, no. You know what it is? No. Uh, because uh, Naomi uh, is very sim- very close to Naoko, and Naoko Takeuchi is the creator of Sailor Moon. Oh, there you go. This is just going to be a Sailor Moon episode. Yeah. Okay. Well, I, I thought maybe like wherever you were working, there was construction because Takeuchi is also one of the biggest tractor manufacturers in Japan and exporters. I don't know. Maybe like you saw the name walking by, and you're like, oh. Huh. I, I don't uh, know. I, I don't. It's it's probably the Sailor Moon thing. That that makes more sense. <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna say. 
that but even even though cable you're saying that that's a, a a family here in portland i don't i don't believe that i knew that so that that's not a name that i would have come across often okay. enough to to stick out in my brain i don't presume to know what you know or don't know about the japanese american community in portland <laughs> not a lot uh is is a good yeah i'm i try to stay on top of like culture or everything but you know you only got so much bandwidth yep <clears throat> that's why i know other people that keep track of those things right <laughs> a weird um, way it made my brain say like one day i want to visit the Yoshida compound out towards Mount Hood. Mm-hmm. Like the what's, the, the what's sh- out there? The teriyaki sauce that you see, the oive. Or no, yeah, no, Mr. Yoshida's teriyaki. He bought like a compound out towards Mount Hood. Hmm. Is that one? Yeah. Okay, yeah, that, that one. That, yeah, yeah, that's. Yeah, that. that that's all I got in my head. Okay. But like, but is had... it is that place a tourist attraction, or would you just no, be like going no, out but there I guess, to like see it no, from a distance? He and his family are like loaded now because of the sauces. And I guess once a year he'll host like this giant fucking teriyaki barbecue. I only know because for some reason Sarah and Greg get invited every year. Uh, the shit is don't own it anymore. Oh, maybe they still have the money. I'm sure they, the she, she does still have money, yes, but they apparently, um, trying to find a date on this. This is a weird episode. Have uh, we yet said what we were actually supposed to talk about tonight? Yeah, I did oh, that at the, okay. top of the show. Yes. Okay. Um, it's apparently the Yoshida Haven estate, uh, became part of Mount Hood Community College. Yes. I also knew that. Okay. Um, I was going to finish up the other winners at Bricks Cascade. Sorry. We got two more. It's fine. Um, there's also the Best in Show, which went to Hell's Angels, a Howard Hughes film, which was very complex automated, not automated, uh, motorized display that was designed to look like a movie theater and the curtains would pull back and you would watch, a a scene play out from a movie that was really cool. Yeah. That was, that was uh, built by Douglas Hughes. And then the best in show runner up was the Dia de los Mirtos, which was the big um, that the cocoa. The cocoa? Display. Okay. The big cocoa one. Cause there were a couple that were similarly themed. So, well that it, that whole thing was all one build. Oh, was it? Oh, yeah. all right. oh wow. it was all meant to be one large narrative build. Oh, okay. Um, cool. So, and that was Jennifer Nogle, Russell Clark, Eric Wilson, Adam and Simone Williams, Leonard Marquez, Autumn Victor, Bill Ward, Leah Von Dam, Audrey, just goes by one name. Oh, sorry. Audrey, Shane, and Colby Bruckner. Fred Yokel, Jenny Oyserma, uh, Erez and Mike Powell, Albert Lee, and Steve Parmley. I don't know any of these people. I'm just... <laughs> Just, just giving them their their due accolades. Yeah, right. they they all look like they're fine people. So, um, Brickscape, Bricks Cascade will be back at the Oregon Convention Center next March, uh, March twenty third and twenty fourth of twenty twenty four. So, if you're into that, 
mark your calendar now start thinking about what you want to build enter in your own thing it'll be fun i love that they already have the dates for the next one i guess you're gonna have to with for something this big like everyone involved has to probably like plan out pretty far in advance what they're gonna do yeah yeah it has nothing to do with the fact that the convention center makes you lock in a date before you even had your this year's convention has nothing to do with that (sighs) nothing to do with that fact yeah Mm, they've never ever ever showed favoritism to big out-of-town conventions uh opening opening their calendar up and but not to local ones ever uh also they've um there's not a thing that they could teach the mob (laughs) right uh as you've told me Ooh, I'm okay. just now catching up to Sailor Moo. What? <laughs> uh, oh. Ke- Kevin sent me, uh, I think it was like an Instagram message the other day, mm. like just the other day. And it's, um, it's a, it's a toy package with the, you know, you can see it with the, the cardboard back and the, the clear capsule. And mm-hmm. it's a cow dressed like Sailor Moon, thus Sailor Moo. Sailor Moo. God damn it, Kevin. I figured I mean, that was what the joke was, but I figure as awkward things go when it pertains to that character, Sailor Moo is pretty tame. Yes, incredibly. That's just yes. weird. It's just weird. Like, uh, I don't know. I don't know who wanted that uh, out in the world, but there it is. I, you don't want to know either. That's not. Those are not people you want to to meet. No, the, the dairy uh, you know, farmers of America. You know who I mm. do want to meet is uh, whoever like uh, whoever put together Sailor Moon Knight. Sailor Moon Knight. Oh, as in Sailor, oh, Moon. Sailor Moon Knight. I yeah, think Cable definitely. and I both thought you were going to then add what date this was happening, and should we look at tickets? But... Oh no, Knight with a K. <laughs> okay. Because I was like, how come Bean has not just exploded knowing there's a Sailor Moon Knight in town? Yep. Yep. That was where I went. Yep. I didn't hear the silent K. I'm sorry about that. That's, <laughs> that's my problem. How dare you? I, I dare. I dare a lot. Look at, look at Norm asking if we're drinking Negronis. I, this is a show night. We don't have time for it's one ne- bottle. That's who's going to, who's, are you going to come over and mix my cocktails? I'm not. God damn it! Now I have that stupid viral video of those two uh, actresses talking about Negroni with a th- 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 her. Yeah, oh. I, I, yeah. I don't, I don't know. I this. don't like. I don't fault them. I just don't know why. Like people just went nuts over that. What? What is it? I don't. I haven't seen this. It's. It's. It was a Game of Thrones. Like the new was it House of the Dragon people? They're like, like all those interviews, but. It's like, what's your favorite drink? And the other woman's like, a Negroni. It's Denise with Prosecco. Yeah, Um, that's it. Denise, ask one of the children. They will explain it to you after they get done laughing at you for going, oh "Oh my God, that was like four months ago. Bex has it. (laughs) Spagliatio with Prosecco in it. The fuck is a Spagliatio? All right, you're being real extra, whoever these girls are. it's, It's a Negroni... But instead of spagliato, yeah, it's a type. 
And I do believe that's just Italian for uh, like mistake. The original drink was supposed to be a regular Negroni and someone put in sparkling wine instead of what was supposed to be and it became a thing. I see. Uh, yeah, that's that's what that's what young people do, right? They discover like one really out there cocktail that mm-hmm. they've never heard of before, and then they make that their personality. Yes. You know, do, do you know what that is? Do you know how to make that? But it, it, let me let me go ahead and say this in defense of all of this. Like these two actresses uh, were from the the whatever the the uh, House of the Dragon. House of the Dragon, thank you. The Game of Thrones prequel with uh, Doctor Who in it. Um, (laughs) So these two actresses basically were put on some platform where they had to interview each other. And so they just kind of went, this is fucking ridiculous. And started talking about things like, what are we drinking? Um, So I don't fault them for going, celebrity is fucking stupid. Let's just go ahead and fuck with people. Like I'm 100% behind all of that. It's that then it just goes viral and it loses all context and all meaning. And it just becomes a thing that's out there. But like, I, I'm certainly not going to badmouth the actresses. I think that they're fine. It's like, yes, please. No, uh, this type just, of format is just ridiculous. Yeah. I just got tired of seeing everyone use that audio. I was like, yes. okay. Yes. I- Everyone on Instagram. I don't know how I missed that whole thing entirely. You're fine. How often do you go through your FYP? Um, almost never. Uh, I was just telling I was just telling Ida about this uh, during uh, game night uh, this weekend. I don't have a lot of time that I dedicate to TikTok, and so when I open TikTok, it's to catch up on my messages, of which Mm. there will be dozens. And essentially what I do is I'm like, okay, well, I only have so much time. So I start with the, whoever has sent me the fewest. I'm like, oh, Christian has sent me one. And then Aaron has sent me three. And so I basically start with the smallest inbox and work my way up until I'm out of time. And thus some of y'all have 25 TikToks that you have sent me in the past week. And I have not seen any of them. And the more you se- the more of them you send me, the longer it will be before I watch them, or I'll start <laughs> watching them, get distracted, and then never see the rest of them again. See this? This is why I still have not set up a TikTok account and won't. I, I stand firm with that. I am an old man. I watch my TikTok on Instagram the way God intended. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I wish I could be that way. But if you're trying to do any kind of marketing that involves anyone anymore, you have to be good at this. Yes and yes. No, yes. No, it's, yeah. Yes and Because everyone who runs these companies that want marketing people, they don't understand TikTok, but they know that's where the people are. That's where the people are, but that's not necessarily where the money is. That's the the thing that they don't under they also mm. don't understand. Uh, not really. The the amount I don't want to go down this whole thing. The amount of income that revenue that that good TikTok advertising, especially if you can get it go viral, uh, mm-hmm. generates is is pretty high for the amount of investment required to put into it. Like Facebook marketing is basically 
dead. You have to include it in part of your portfolio. But Zuckerberg's desire to monetize every single aspect of Meta has actually killed the Meta. Yeah. It's just for Facebook is now just for keeping track of your family and or racists who are sometimes the same people. That's that's just it. Mm-hmm. Um, Instagram is still okay for that, but they're following the same monetized model. Um, yeah, within a year, it's all going to be TikTok and WhatsApp, which I'm terrified of trying to learn how to use because WhatsApp is notorious for having bugs and viruses that that give away your privacy. So, oh yeah, Great. I have I have WhatsApp for uh, texting with people in Mexico. And yeah, no, I'm you have constantly to. getting spammed. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Basically, if, if you want to have any kind of social texting with anyone outside of North America or even like the continental United States, well, I guess you, know, you know what I mean? You've got to have WhatsApp. You you just do. Mm-hmm. But it's not very secure. It's not secure at all. Yeah. Which is why they probably want you to have it. Uh, yeah. yeah, I don't. Yeah. It's do- just. Do other countries not use SMS or is there something about web-based messaging apps that are just better? Generally? I honestly couldn't speak to that. Um, if Ryan um, is still listening and he can ask in the chat, he probably has more knowledge than all of us combined will ever have on this. Ryan, probably. explain it to me. Um, I will say this, like us using SMS was about five to 10 years after everyone else was using it. Like when I was in Berlin, everyone was like, everyone texted everyone. And it was barely a thing here. When was this? 2000. Really? Yeah. I guess I don't remember how much other people also texted but i was all about it and with back when you had to use the t9 and uh like t t t a a a um mm-hmm. weird yeah i at this point i can't really remember a time where that wasn't like the preferred way to communicate on a on a mobile device but it it's always been mine like from the time it became available um, yeah as an talk? adult person <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, in 2000, I was 16, 15. Depends on what time of year. But I was a high schooler. I I think that also is part of the difference. Right. Sorry, I got distracted. Someone sent me and it popped up. what the proposed wages were for comic book writers and illustrators in 1978 and what they would be now if that tracked with inflation. Um, <clears throat> so for writers, it was $100 a page in 1978. I have only made that once, and that was working for a video game company a few years ago. If you watch inflation, writers should be getting $360 a page and artists $1,080 per page. Wow, that's, that's a lot of money. never, ever going to fucking happen. No. That also requires people buying books at the level they bought comics in 1970s. Which right. That too. Yeah. 
That and too. you would also have to adjust the prices of the comics, right? I'm assuming they already have been. They already have. That's what's hilarious. 1973, like you could still bought Detective Comics for a quarter, maybe 75 cents if it was an annual. So that just makes price... it all the more enraging that people are buying the comics, but the writers and artists aren't really wow. making a living off of those comics. No, no, of course they're not. And I, that's, I, I can... <laughs> that's true in every fucking industry. <laughs> yeah. Here's what's sad is I can probably count on both hands the number of comic book writers, at least, who make a living only knowing comics. And that's only frustrating in that I probably know five to seven of them, like, personally, have met them, have had a meal at their house, <laughs> you know? <clears throat> so. Good. Good. Yeah, I promise to get in a better mood eventually. Uh, here, we can change. We can pivot to something more positive. I have a whole room to myself, you guys, uh, but all the walls are bare, and I'm like overwhelmed with choice on what to do with it all. So, if he'd be okay with it. Do you want Black Phillip from my basement? I mean, I would foster Black Phillip for you for a while. Okay. I just feel like that's a better place for it. I love him. I okay, do well, too. You've, you've seen the Black Phillip, right? As long as he stays in the coven, I guess it's fine. <laughs> I'm sure uh, I have. I uh, just don't the, remember. Uh, so for Cable and, and anyone else who... Uh, hasn't been to Aaron Duran's house. Uh, <laughs> black Philip is a beautiful black he- uh, goat's head that um, was taxidermied by our friend Prime's father, if I'm mm-hmm. not mistaken. And, I think uh, he actually killed the goat, like hunting it. So he hint- he hunted it and then taxidermied it himself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's, uh, he's showing his age. He hasn't been restored in about 40 years. Okay, good to know. Yeah. Um, and and Prime bequeathed it to you uh, a couple years ago now. I guess like I, five years ago? Yeah, I think he literally came out during game night and said, who wants this? And I yelled, I do, before you did. Yes, you you <laughs> you, you saw it before me and you jumped on it. And I was I like, guess... no, my, he's so beautiful. Anyway, I just, because I nice. see the, the horns in your background. Mm, or the antlers. My, uh, my, um... Impala. Yes. Mm. Mm. I think I'm going to put uh, a creepy, not creepy, but like a, like a dark uh, mushroom wallpaper up here. Ooh, I can't cool. really hang portraits unless I, I don't know, rig something up for them to be canty. So I'm sure there's been something that is, yeah. C A N T Y cable. I, that's not the face I was. 3M strips, command strips, are exist for a reason. You can hang them at angles. That's true. That that was what I was reacting to. I heard you correctly. I didn't think that you said cunty. <laughs> um, Those would be funny types of ways to hang on the ceiling, though. It, it would be. Just, you know, a dumb name. It's like 
How did you? It, it seems like it's hanging in. Oh, I don't know. Old Cunty. <laughs> <laughs> seems very it's like British. oh, yeah. You're you're right. It is just kind of giving me attitude the way uh, it is the entire. Mm, no, no. Bitch. <sighs> Oh yeah, there you go. Ryan also recommends a brightly painted accent wall. Yeah, I also there you go. I also like picked up my first piece of free furniture yesterday. It's a, it's a like a real wood bookshelf, y'all. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's like my height, but it weighs a, a ton. <laughs> so, and I'll probably just clean it up for now and get some books on it so I can start getting stuff out of the boxes. Mm-hmm. But uh, but eventually I'll paint it something cool. Does it still reek of weed? I don't think so. I came in here and I didn't smell any weed. Here, I'll show you guys. This. There it is. I picked it up from uh, someone in the neighborhood. I, you know, my 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 new local buy nothing group. And uh, (gasps) when I brought it home, Christian's like, did you get it from a weed house? (laughs) Um. And and yes, uh, the the people who lived in that house are, uh, I'm going to assume all big time stoners, and I know all big time Star Trek nerds. All of their home decor that I was that I noticed. I mean, they were pointing it out, like check this out, check this out. Right, uh, is Star Trek themed? Um, you know, that oddly is not often a interesting enough. That is not a pairing you see very often. Uh-uh. Hardcore Star Trek and Star Trek fans. Yeah, not really. Hmm. No, because Trek doesn't do a lot about like that. You know, like yeah, but what if legalize it? No, no, no. It's just I don't know. I don't know a lot of. I mean, I think Star Wars fans are more likely to be stoners than Trek fans. But I think it's also because, as a rule, Star Trek fans are a bit nerdier and kind of more boring than Star Wars fans. A little more, uh, what's the word? Uh, Straight edge? Yeah, although Firecow's right. Somewhere out there, there is a massive warp core bong. And if there's not, I want one. I'm not even a big weed smoker. I've never owned a bong. I want that. It would just be cool to have, for sure. Uh, Well, at any rate... uh, we talked a little bit about Star Trek because, again, big time Star Trek fans. And I told him about the show. So if you're listening, hi, Rob. This is our show. Hi, Rob. How's it going? Nice. Yeah, I've, I have been to your house. And your house is cool, but I covet um, Halloween house next door. I know. I want to make friends with them. I know. I Hopefully they're not horrible. Halloween house? The house is painted matte black and it still has Halloween stuff and skeletons on it. Like it's it's always spooky time at this house. Yeah. Yeah, that those aren't Halloween decorations then. That's just <laughs> witches. That's just decoration. Right. I mean, like we we all do yeah. the same thing. Um, but they're doing it on the outside. Uh, so that is how we identify the house because that's the presentation that it gives. Mm-hmm. Um, I am very looking forward to what it looks like on actual Halloween. They probably put up Christmas lights just to fuck with people. <laughs> right. I would. Or, or they're like, you know, they're like the vampires in the Buffy universe. They find Halloween to be obscene. So no supernatural creature actually goes out on Halloween night. The same reason why we don't go drinking on New Year's or St. Patrick's Day. It's like amateur night. <laughs> amateur they night. don't want anything to do with it. And see, I would have guessed that like 
Or well, no, not I would have guessed. I have seen a lot of examples in like movies and TV where that's the night where you can just like let it all hang out and no one's really going to uh no one's going to clock you because everyone's dressed like some sort of supernatural something or other. Also, uh in case you guys haven't noticed in the chat, uh Kevin already found a warp core bomb. I had googled it as well. I laughed, however, even more about a tube sock company called Jeffries. <laughs> <laughs> That's just stupid. <laughs> I, I love it. I, I know what you. Great. I know what you guys are getting for Christmas this year. Also, this bong is amazing looking. Again, <laughs> not a big stoner, but I I want it. Oh my god! Can you put it up on the screen? Uh, I think I can share a, a link to it. Uh, hmm. Oh my god, why is everyone here? I'll put the link to the site. It has its own blog, Warp Core Bong, of course. <laughs> what does it what does a warp core bong have to blog about, I wonder? It's like a ne- functional. Like a neutral zone shit, man. The, put the it, link in. It actually strobes like yeah, the warp cool. core. Mm. Uh, excuse me, guys. It's called a warp core water pipe. Why can't right. I click on this? I love that he said he's holding up the prototype. He's like, one of the things I'm really proud about is it is hefty. It's reassuring to hold it like a gun or a boob. Why doesn't it want me to go to this? Stoners are ridiculous. Oh my god, he's putting all of his like. Like uh, like glamour shots in front of like newspaper clippings of when we caught Saddam. This guy is either wonderful to hang around with, or the worst person to be around. Oh yeah, I don't know. Uh, yeah, Ugh. that yeah, that's that's a very niche. See, this is what I mean when you mix Star Trek fans. I'm not saying it's about Robert, right? <laughs> Rob. This is what. Rob, this is what I mean when you talk about Star Trek fans and stoners. Because if you go too far, you get that weird, like, hippie that grew up on, like, early reruns of TOS. And now they've become, Mm. like, space libertarians that think, like, Discovery's too woke. No, no, I I, I do know what you mean. But no, Rob and his his (laughs) friends or roommates, I'm not sure, uh, was very cool, seemed very nice. Uh, they, They do listen to Women at Warp. So, oh, okay. you know, they got to be fairly leftist, I'm going to assume. I admit I've never, I still have yet to listen to a single episode of Women at Warp because uh, I'm a bad supporter of other podcasts. Um, well, and yeah. and anyway, he talked Kennedy, about, so. uh, like, he, thumbs up on Discovery and uh, and Strange New Worlds. Although, <laughs> this was interesting and I wanted to get your guys' uh, opinion on this. Oh, shit. Uh, he describes sometimes strange new worlds as soft new worlds because the show is i guess for lack of a better word a little more lower lower stakes than the other recent uh, star trek stuff um it's and it's and it appeals to a lot of people who didn't like discovery because the thing with Discovery is that like every season has a big bad and it all it's, it's all right. about that the whole season. 
Yeah, I don't think Strange New Worlds lacks stakes. The stakes are much more personal in Strange New Worlds. Mm -hmm. And I'm actually glad to not have a universe-ending event every season. It's kind of nice. Um, Um, Also, Homicide or Firecast said taking a hit off the Warp Core Bong would be called a breach. And I'm never going (laughs) to unthink that. Uh That's good. Yeah, that works. Yep. Totally. See, now I want to become a stoner just so that I can use that terminology. (laughs) Anyway, it was a it was a brief conversation while we loaded a bookshelf into my car. So I, you know, like I'm not going to speak for the guy, <laughs> but he would love to join us and and have that conversation um, uh, amongst many others. I'm sure. Yeah. Well, Kevin Smith doesn't smoke anymore, so maybe like one of us has to step up and fill that stone nerd role. Mm, not my, do- my doctor no. really doesn't want me to have weed anymore. So I guess it falls to me. Oh, uh, all right. Well, buckle up, Buttercup. Yeah, nothing like having an asthmatic regularly smoking. That's going to sound great on mic. <laughs> you don't mic. have to smoke it. Just have candy. Mm. Yeah, that's why they make gummies. Oh, I know. I have some in my closet right now. I basically <laughs> only do gummies. And by closet, do you mean stuck in your cheek? <laughs> no. What, am I a squirrel? No. I don't know why that was so hilarious. No, okay, but like all people who grew up in the sticks, I keep my gummies between my my teeth and gum, my lip yep. and gums. Try it. Mm-hmm. So I can do this in a can. Mm-hmm. So gross. Oh, yep. Dude, that was my childhood. All through high school. Nothing mm. like seeing like tobacco spit in like the drinking fountains of high school. At school? You're not supposed to have tobacco products at school? I, it, That's gross. When you That's grow gross. up in a hick, when you grow up in a hick town, mm. yeah, you're not, but everyone does it. Yep. You know how uncomfortable it is thinking that the person you're about to, the girl you're about to kiss, like maybe they just had some spearmint gum, and you go to kiss, and you're like, oh no, that's not gum. Uh, <laughs> uh, I, I really shouldn't throw stones because there was a a tiny window of my life where, um, well, I was seeing a guy who who did it and we would like be hanging out like drinking and playing cards at night with friends and uh and eventually i would run out of cigarettes and no one else smoked but they did have chewing tobacco oh god everyone walk around with their spit bottles yeah it's Mm -hmm. it's it's quite nasty i will not Mm -hmm. disagree on that uh but back then you know i was overseas and i i was smoked a lot in those Mm days and uh when you're hard up, you're hard up. Yeah, that's true. I feel like at least 10% of my graduating class, um, or at least of 10% of my high school, uh, all did chewing tobacco. Oh, yeah. At least that for me. In school. Yeah. I mean, you can always and, tell because they always had the left pocket with the ring indent. Yep. On their pocket from having the, yep. the chew in there all that time. Yep. Yep. There it is. The worn circle in the back pocket gives you the warning. <laughs> yep. Well, oh my gosh. Um, we take... Memories. Mm-hmm. Should we take a quick break and come back with Avatar? Sure. Yes. I didn't realize it was that time. It is that time. It is that time. It is that. Um, oh, is this going to work? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes, it'll work. Sorry, I'm 
Yes. All right, we'll be right back. Okay, well, this is a perfect time to take a break and talk about our sponsors. First up, Guardian Games, and congratulations to them. They have just launched Guardian Games Corvallis. So, yeah, now if you live in the town of Corvallis, you too can experience one of the greatest gaming shops in the country. So, uh, yeah, definitely check them out. Go to their Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash GG Portland, and you'll see a post about uh, Guardian Games Corvallis. It's going to be exciting. I can't wait to check them out. And then uh, folks who live in Portland, I don't know if they're doing this at the Corvallis store or not, you can learn how to play the new Star Wars miniature game Shatterpoint. Uh, looking at the minis, they look great. I have always kind of wanted to get into one of the Star Wars mini games, but I don't know. I always feel like by the time I have an interest, there's a bazillion expansions and too many new rules variants, and I just, eh, I just stop. Uh, but this looks like a great place to get in on the ground floor and learn how to play it. It's happening May 29th at 6.30 p.m. at Guardian Games. I think I'm going to go check it out, learn to play Star Wars Shatterpoint, and then maybe after that I will pop over to Revnat of Revnat's Hard Cider, his new tap room on Southeast 35th and Division, and enjoy myself a tasty craft cider. They're really easy to find. They're behind the restaurant Sibo, connected to a wonderful food pod there with plenty of indoor and outdoor seating. Uh, minors, are, minors are allowed in kind of the restaurant area, but it's 21 and over only uh, at the bar. And as long as you're staying seated outside, your, your four-legged companions are welcome also. So check it out. Revnat's new tap room, Southeast 35th and Division. And when you're there enjoying your tasty beverage, thank them for being a part of Geek in the City Radio. Hey, we're back. Yeah, Cable noticed it. Sorry, our we'll be right back music is so loud. I don't have a lot of control over that. Uh, yeah, it surprised me too. Yeah, It's a claymore. What's up, baby? Claymore. What are you doing? Right towards enemy. Yes, the, point the barfing end at people you don't like. <laughs> well, welcome. Back. I think she's just christening the new house. Gross. Yeah. That's what they do. Mm -hmm. Everything's gross. All right. So, Avatar. Yes. This is episodes five and six. Five and six. Yeah. Uh, Episode five is. Oh, you know what I don't have up is the names of the episodes. The Beach is episode five. The Beach. And my notes aren't up either. Smart. We're good at this. At the much anticipated season three, episode five, The Beach. Um, Because this was the one that you indicated, Cable, uh, some time ago was like a really, you really liked this episode. It was going to bring a lot to the fore. It it does. And having rewatched it, I'm still very much uh, believe that it's a, it's a hefty episode. Although I say that now, and then that's when I when we started watching season three. Like I power loaded these first five episodes, so all of these have been a rewatch. I hadn't watched episode six, and like the beach seems really heavy until you watch episode six, and then you're like, Ugh. yes, yes, you yeah. didn't, you hadn't. I don't think you had warned us about episode six. Yeah, I didn't know. 
Yeah. I, I I'm still having a hard time believing that that episode was only 25 minutes long. Yeah, you could make a whole movie out of that episode. I was it I felt hmm? episode five or six, the beach. Episode uh, the beach five is, is five. the beach. Right. Okay. I was like, episode hmm. six is the Avatar and the Fire Lord. That's right. And that one felt like halfway through it, I'm like, ah, man, how long is this episode? This is. <laughs> I feel like it's been going on for like forty minutes. I look at it, it's like, how is this at the fifteen minute mark? What the hell? It's very dense. Uh, they it go. Is. It, the, the thing that helps it fit for time is that it is two stories being told, but they're being told at the same time. Um, yeah. In a way that, like, sometimes the narrator is this, you know, you're getting this narrator's perspective, and then other times you're getting this narrator's perspective. Um, but sometimes it feels like you're getting. Technically, essentially, you're getting both at the same time. Yeah. So let's talk about the beach first. Yes. Um, on a forced vacation, Zuko, Azula, Ty Lee, and Mai try to blend in with normal teenagers and learn about themselves and one another. Meanwhile, Aang and company are attacked by an ominous assassin. Um, I want to get this assassin thing out of the way real quick. If the motherfucking Fire Nation had this guy in their back pocket already... <laughs> Why didn't they send him out season one and just <laughs> fucking kill Ang? This guy lot, would have taken Ang. I mean, yes, but th- this is the the thing where it's like, okay, I get it for the narrative storytelling, but in your world that you've created, why was if you have just said that this is the biggest threat to the Fire Nation and its supremacy? Why didn't you send out the giant cannon in the first place and just fucking kill the guy? <laughs> right. It, it's Scott Evil in that first Austin Powers movie. It's like, I'm just going to go get a gun and I've got <laughs> it in my room. We can just shoot him. It's like, no, no, you don't understand. We have to have this plot device. He's got to hang over the tank. We're going to walk away. Everything right. will be fine. It's like, you know, he's going to get away. I'm just, I'm just going to shoot him in the head. Just I'm going to shoot him in the head right now. Yeah. No Scott. Um, so that that's my that was my one. Where, where was this motherfucker in season one? <laughs> I have a similar like, wait a minute, kind of moment, but not till episode yeah. six. So again, I will I will okay. hold. Yeah. So the beach. Let so this episode is really about the the Fire Nation teenagers are are villains. Um, mm-hmm. They get a day off and they get to go Zuko hang out and the Mean Girls. Yep, Zuko and the Mean Girls. There's a band name for you. Yeah, that is a good band name. Uh-huh. Get uh, to it, Norm. <laughs> uh, so they go to uh, Ember Island, I mm-hmm. believe it's called. Very clever, these Fire Nation names. Mm-hmm. Ember mm-hmm. Island. Yeah. Uh, it's it seems like it's a forced vacation. Uh, it is. Well, that doesn't seem like uh, Zuko flat out says, and so there are mixed feelings. I think most of them are like, "Yeah, great, let's just like kick back and not do shit for a while." And he's like, "This is bullshit. Mm-hmm. We're being exiled." <laughs> right. It's like, why are we being punished for doing nothing wrong? That. Yep. That sounds about right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that completely tracks. I mean, you're an so, oppressive regime. That's what you do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the trouble 
the trouble starts pretty much right away, right? Like they get settled in where they're staying, where these these like two like ancient twins who used to be hot uh, and speak in unison. Um, I'm not really sure what what those characters are about, really. Well, this isn't the first mm-hmm. time we've seen them. Is that right? Yeah, they're. Or- I think so. Yeah, they've they showed up at the same time Azula did. Why don't I remember them? Is it Lou and Lee? Yeah. I don't really remember seeing them in a different episode. Um Okay. I mean it's not important, right? They're not like vital characters. No. Um they're they're humorous though. In this they are. They have been trainers of Azula before, so they're they're also very cagey. Don't trust them, is what I'm saying. Um, All right. Zuko and the Mean Girls is the name of the band, Norm. Zuko and the Mean Girls. Okay, back to the show. Missing a chat, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so Zuko and the Mean Girls uh, go to the beach and... Ty Lee starts getting attention from boys, other boys on, at the beach, like immediately. Um, mm-hmm. And Zuko and Mai are being kind of peevish with each other. Mm-hmm. Uh, Azula is, like always, basically just wants to destroy somebody, something, anything. Um, and that uh, plays out as a game of volleyball that she invites them she, she's, they're like we're just we're doing this they kind of horn in on other kids fun and then she basically like burns it all down mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So pretty pretty like boilerplate azula stuff it like she starts this out by smashing two kids sandcastle for no reason oh that's right well no she wanted that spot yes for no reason For no reason. <laughs> no um, good reason. Uh, at any rate, they're okay. they're hanging out at the beach. Okay. It works out. And uh, then Tylee gets invited to a party by some of the local cool kids. Mm-hmm. Um, and Azula is like, what about the rest of us? And basically invites herself and her friends to this party. She, Even though they talk about like what cool kids they are and what a big deal they are uh, in this community... She intentionally omits uh, that she and her brother are like actual royalty. Yeah. Also, if you have to tell people you're cool, you're not cool. <laughs> yeah, none of these kids yeah. are cool. No. <laughs> that that's the secret, kids. Even the cool kids aren't cool. They know. <laughs> they just don't know it. Yeah. They're not. Cool. And they've and they've peaked. Yeah. Oh, no. Yeah. Uh, all right. So they go to the party, and it's it's more of the same, right? All these guys are like vying for Tylee's attention. Azula's being mean. She tells her that it's her own fault for being uh, too easy, but also a tease. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. And uh, but really, she's just jealous because no boys are paying attention to her. Uh, so right. then that ends up becoming <clears throat> Ty Lee teaching Azula how to get boys to pay attention to and like her, which 
just turns out to be pretend they're funny and interesting. Where's the lie? (laughs) Where is the lie in anything that Tylee said about how, how do you do that? How do you make boys like you? Just laugh at everything they say and pretend they're interesting. Still works. I always tell boys they're dumb and unnecessary and that, that works also. Yes, because you've met men and you know what they're like. (laughs) Dumb and unnecessary. (sighs) (laughs) Um, Anyway, it works. Flattery and flirtation. She's got a guy's attention until she makes it weird again. Um, Which is almost immediately. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, she can't go more than like two sentences without coming off like a total despot. She's... She's a real one track mind. She is. She, she yeah. is. That's her goal. She's a psychopath. Like th- that is you one of the things why I really go like on a nice date. Those are the two she, different things. But she can't. Like she that, can't. That's other people that, could. That's that's one of the things that I really enjoyed about this episode. Is it very starkly contrasted? It's like, it's one thing to see her in battle with the armies and against the Avatar. And yeah, she's clearly the villain. You put her next to normal people and it's even worse because you're like, oh, good God, you really are a psychopath. You do not know how to function amongst regular people. There is no difference to you in having a drink and having a good time and killing everyone in this house. They They will give you the same entertainment value, which will be, meh, that was okay. She's nuts. Mm. And I don't like saying that anymore, but that character is, she is genuinely a psychopath. Right. Uh, you know, I, I think it's a, it's kind of, it's almost, it's kind of a tie between Azula and the actual Fire Lord, who the real villain is in this, uh, in this series. And I say Azula. like it's a toss up because <laughs> the Fire Lord is almost a MacGuffin. Um, almost. Almost. Uh, meanwhile, Zuko and Mai are, uh, not having a good time with each other. Um, Zuko is being really jealous of like anyone who even looks at Mai and getting aggressive, uh, when one of them talks to her and she thinks he's just, you know, like always flying off at the handle. And he says, she doesn't care about anything. They fight, they break up essentially and go in separate directions mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. uh zuko now takes this time to go back to the uh their the family home there it must be their vacation home on mm-hmm. on ember island uh he breaks in and he's all mopey about what i assume he's like oh man my childhood was so much happier than this what you know why does everything suck um Until until Azula comes by, she finds him and she's like, "Come on, let's let's go. It'll be fine. Everything's gonna be fine. Let's go hang out." And and now they're hanging out on the beach together, and uh, and then they go around in a circle and talk about their trauma. Mm-hmm. Uh, that part felt a little bit. I don't know, just like not not boilerplate, but like. No nuance. There was not a ton of nuance to it. Um, so much so that even 
you know, Azula at the end is like, so what? You guys want me to tell you that I'm I'm sad because my mom didn't love me and or you know, like love my brother more and she thought I was a monster. I'm not gonna do that. I don't feel that way. I mean, she was right, but mm-hmm. it doesn't make doesn't make me emotional. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> um, um and I don't think that's a surprise, right? I don't like I think we always knew that she knew. And if I'm remembering correctly, don't we kind of suspect her for their mother's death? Yes. Uh, everything that we've yeah. seen, every flashback that we've seen that has included um, Zuko and Azula's mother, she very clearly is very low level terrified of her own daughter the entire time. So yes, it's it's indicated that everything that Azula is saying about her mom and her relationship with her mom, it's like, yep, that was true. Your mom thought you were awful. Yeah. You are. And she is. You just didn't want to hear it from your mom. Demonstrably awful. Yep. Right. Uh I mean, no one but my, people typically don't want to hear that from any of their parents, but even when they know it's true. Um and at the, are we ready for the end? Because the end is the weirdest part to me. Sure. <laughs> okay. Um, I just didn't want to like not cover more about these characters if if we wanted to talk more about them. Um, so they they're all fighting with each other, uh, but then they all sort of make up with each other. Uh, Zuko and Mai definitely make back up, and uh, even though nothing has changed. Right? Like, they're all still exactly the same. It's just that now it's a little more out in the open. Mm-hmm. Um, and then to sort of, like, put a cherry back on this, you know, like, shit Sunday, uh, they decide to go trash that party. Mm-hmm. They, 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 they re-crash the party and trash the whole house. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> and then the final scene is a photograph of all of them, like, smiling and having a good time together while it all burns down behind them. Mm-hmm. It's great. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's it's a great way to go. The lesson here is you can connect with other people if you share what it is that traumatizes you, and and they can it it, it find common grounds, and that way it may not make things immediately better, but you can work through them, and you can work through them together. Also, these are still the bad guys. Yes. Yeah. Why I? Just in case you were missing that, these are not the good guys. And I mean, I don't really. At no point did I really have a lot of sympathy for any of them. What was that? Uh, Are we the baddies? Are we the baddies? (laughs) Um, you know, like we've always known that Zuko has like huge daddy issues, and he he does and says a lot of things that keep making you not be super sympathetic towards him mm-hmm. it's kind of a it's kind of an up and down thing with him but we've we've always known what his problem is um the thing the stuff with tylee like why why she decided to be a circus performer i don't think we necessarily knew that um but it doesn't really make a big difference to the story no and tylee is 
except for the fact that she is following the orders of Azula, she is her alignment is neutral. Yes. Yes, Ooh. she is she is not inclined towards evil. She's just Honestly, I don't even think that it's that she wants to do shitty things because her friend is like, this is what we're doing. I think she doesn't feel like she has a choice. I feel like she and Mai at one point talked about on screen the fact that they're doing this because they don't want Azula turning her ire at them. So as long as they stay that close to her and do what she says she won't come after them. Yes, and, precisely. Yeah. Well, and, and just like like an, like an abusive parent, you still want them to love you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but yeah, the assassin, the fuck powers are these that he has? It's like, not, well, it's, it's not a little fire, right? It's no. more like explodey powers and they come out of a creepy third eye yeah here's the thing this episode very much felt felt like it's like okay how do we have this character be a threat to to the avatar who is now achieved um ability in all four elements if not mastery like he's a master of air he's probably the next closest would be water um he's definitely got um earth is is coming along really well fire is the only one that he doesn't want to use but he knows how to mm-hmm. um it's like oh okay well what if like his opponent was i don't know tetsuo from akira let's do that <laughs> it's like he like i yeah yeah, I I'll, I don't know. I'll let this play out and I'll let them explain it, but man, it just it felt really weird. Uh, the, 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 their ability to come after Aang escalated real quick. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's like they're finally taking him seriously. Mm-hmm. <laughs> after I mean, two maybe. seasons. Yep. Uh, well, uh, I just remembered. Zuko is the one who uh, sets him after Aang, mm-hmm. and Zuko is currently the only per- Fire Nation person who knows that he's still alive. Right? Azula knows. Okay, yeah, but not. She didn't. T- he didn't tell her though. She just knows. Oh no, she knows. It's she's so setting it's not, him up. It's not hmm. open. Um, I mean, I guess yeah. That still doesn't like help help it make sense that this guy with this much power is suddenly at their disposal when it's a secret but wasn't before mm-hmm. uh, but Zuko has gone he was that was his mission initially is to catch the avatar and it was it was always gonna be his thing to do um, but now he has to hide the fact that he failed. And and so now, and he's at home, right? He maybe he doesn't really know how to leave home in a way that no one will know that this is what's up. Is that dead, that mm-hmm. the avatar is not dead? Yeah, he can't. Mm. 
I'm I'm interested to see where that's going to go. Yeah, it clearly doesn't wrap up in the following episode because the following episode, um, the Avatar, yeah, the Avatar and the Fire Lord, we get a dual narrative where um, Roku, um, the previous Avatar, who was from the Fire Nation, his spirit visits Aang in a dream and says, I've got some things to tell you, get ready for a spirit walk. And so they do a whole thing where he's kind of showing him his life in, in the in the fire nation and his best friend who happened to be the, the fire Lord, which was at this point, the great grand or the grandfather to uh, Zuko and Zulu. Yeah. Father to the current one. No, no, no. Great grandfather. Oh, is it great grandfather? Yes. Okay. Great grandfather to the, 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 the miners group of miners grandfather to uh, fire Lord Ozai. Miners, not miners. (laughs) (laughs) What do you Uh, mean? (laughs) <laughs> uh, I don't understand. I don't get it. Um, uh, I guys even uh, watched the show. <laughs> I haven't seen that in so long. I need to rewatch it. It was on. We had it on in the store today. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's my fourth Is there favorite air? Star Trek movie. You don't know. <laughs> Sorry. I don't know what Seems happening. fine. Yep. <laughs> anyway. Um, Meanwhile, um, Zuko gets a cryptic message and goes to this secret uh, temple. Yeah, secret temple, and with this, he finds his great grandfather's private library. <laughs> it's full of books and papers. Um, <laughs> sorry, I can't stop with movie references. Um, and he comes across uh, his great grandfather talking about it's like. I knew the avatar and we were best friends and here's all the things that we did. And it's this lovely story of how they all got along until the, the great grandfather went, you know, it would be great if we just spread this entire prosperity throughout the planet. Yes. Hold on. I wrote it down specifically because it it is like some real fucking red flag uh, shit. (laughs) Um, Oh god, now I gotta go back, find out where it is. But yes, he's like, I'm j- it is an unprecedented time of peace and wealth, and he wants to share this prosperity with the rest of the world by expanding the Fire mm-hmm. Nation. Mm-hmm. Uh oh, the the preface was that he was he's worried about the state of the world lately. Yep. And, and Roku's response to this is like there's a reason they're supposed to be four nations. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's four. Four uh, nations. We're good. So he's like, don't do, do that, not. man. Do and, not. Oh, I, he's, he very specifically says, do not bring this up to me again. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then and then they don't talk for a while, right? Because, uh, yeah. because Roku goes off to, I don't know, do Avatar stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and then four years later... Roku finds out that uh, that Sozin, Fire Lord Sozin, he is now, uh, has started setting up colonies. Yep. Uh, and ex- yeah, he's he's creeping up he's on other expanding. people's territory. Yeah, he's expanding. Mm-hmm. Um, and so then they fight about it for real. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously, Avatar Roku is gonna fucking win because. Sozin only only has fire, right? Right, and 
and that's the whole point of like that is one of the fundamental purposes of the avatar is like there are four nations they are supposed to live in peace balance and balance and if you don't then they have to step in you don't want them stepping in that's why they have the power of the four elements and are essentially a god amongst humans i don't think i actively knew uh up until this point like what is the point of the avatar because mm-hmm. it's always been one but this war with fi- the fire nation's war against everyone else has only been going for a hundred years uh and so that only that, <laughs> only i mean in the greater scheme of things that's not that long True, (laughs) but it's long enough to completely change a narrative over the course of three generations. Mm -hmm. Yes. Which we have seen makes a difference. (laughs) Yep. Yeah. Nope. Almost almost as though the the Fire Nation and the, the, the Hundred Year War that they have been waging is very similar to something in our own backyard golly um and that we're being coy about it but like they have flat out said that this is uh that avatar is a a direct uh what's the word commentary on on the iraq war yep uh, which has seen father and son uh deployed to the same theater of combat Mm-hmm. Good times, y'all. Also, the Fire Nation of the United States. Yes. We are the Fire what? Nation, you guys. How can you be okay with that as a nation? More people need to watch this show. Um, okay. Anyway, Roku... I feel like there's been a lot of shows where America is the analogy for the bad guys, and we've, we're not... No one's picking up... We're not the most nuanced populace in the world, mm. just FYI. Mm. No, we're not. You know... Uh, okay, so Roku fights him. He wins, but lets him live. And he's like, "Don't fucking do this, dude. If, if you continue with this this trajectory, uh, it's gonna be bad." Yeah, we we done. Yes, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, they are definitely no longer friends. Um, yep, and thus they don't speak to each other for another twenty five years. Mm-hmm. Um, until the day that the island that Roku lives on with his wife, by the way, we're, I want to I want to bring that back around later. But uh, okay. Um, uh, so the volcano erupts. Sozin can feel that eruption from wherever he's at. I don't know his, his Fire Lord Palace, um, and so he knows what's going on. Everyone on the island is is getting away. Roku stays back, and he is avataring. Uh, avatar fighting the volcano essentially Mm -hmm. uh which seems like it's going great for a while but it's a big volcano and at some point his dragon tries to pull him out fang uh Mm -hmm. and he's like no no no, i got this i got this but he is struggling it is it's a lot it's a big volcano um and right when it seems like he's got it under control a second peak erupts and like he is super dismayed and uh you know he looks like he's gonna die probably i mean no i guess he probably would have been able to fly away but Mm -hmm. um that's when sozin arrives on his dragon Mm -hmm. and he's like we're gonna do this together we're still friends you know just like mutual 
love and respect for one another has overcome the differences that they have, that has kept them apart for 25 years. Uh, it's like they, they're, they're fighting the volcano and then they are now both it, being overpowered. It almost, it, like Sozin almost dies and Roku rescues him. With, with his earthbending powers. Mm-hmm. That not something that Sozin could have done for himself. Mm-hmm. Um, you can't catch yourself with fire. Um, but then when Roku is, um, he can't breathe. He's he's he can no longer do much of anything. He's uh, because of all the the toxic volcanic fumes that he's been inhaling this whole time. Uh, mm-hmm. So now he's like passing out. He falls to the ground. And Sozin flat out says, gee, all my problems would be gone if you didn't make it out of this alive. Um, yep. Uh, and then he flies off, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Without without you, all my plans are suddenly possible. I have mm-hmm. a vision for the future, which is, I think, the same thing he said in the beginning. Mm-hmm. Uh, so off he fucks. Uh, Fang, Fang the dragon flies back down and wraps himself around Roku as all of the flames and lava and ash come down around him. Mm-hmm. And uh, and that is the end of Roku. Who is then suddenly and immediately born, reborn as Aang. Hey! Yeah, because we get that <laughs> glimpse of there's this bright light and then suddenly Roku is being held by... Or, the the point of view is being held by um, airbenders from the right. uh, Northern Air Temple or Western Air Temple. One of the air temples. I forget which one. And that's when Aang's like, hey, wait a minute. Is that me just being born? It's like, yeah, <laughs> that, that was, that was, that's how this cycle happens. Um, And so this is when things turn really dark, by the way. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, well, first, I want to point out that this is where it becomes super obvious that Aang's true mission in all of this is to rekindle the friendship between the Avatar and the Lord of uh, the Fire Lord slash the Fire Nation. Um, okay, so Roku's dead. Sozin uh, continues forth with his world domination, but mm-hmm. and one succeeds. of the th- yeah, uh, <laughs> yes, uh, succeeds for a hundred years um, in that element of it, but. He knew that the next avatar to be born would be an airbender, and that that is why he took out the Air Nation tribes. Mm-hmm. But then he knew that the avatar had escaped this demise. I'm not quite sure how he knew that if they, they just, he just killed them all. Um, because but- another avatar did not emerge. Ah, okay. That makes sense. Uh, But uh, the point being, he spends the rest of his life searching in vain for the airbending avatar that replaced Roku. Mm -hmm. And that goes counter to the... uh, the public story, the, the Fire Nation propaganda... That while he did live to be an old man, that he died happy, successful with his warmongering, uh, and, you know, like died 
in his sleep peacefully, mm-hmm. happy with his life. Um, no, not the case. Uh, and that doesn't come as any surprise because, again, like we know, we've already seen how the Fire Nation sort of whitewashes their history and their mm-hmm. traditions and this to just to, to suit, uh, you know, whatever is needed. Very 1984. Mm. Um, and that's kind of the end of the story, at least. Um, well, no, yeah, that's that is uh, that is the Ang's the the story that Ang gets ends with him being born, and the story that Zuko ends uh, gets ends with you know like oh, and uh, and your grandpa died miserably because he never did accomplish this one goal, the same yep. goal that you have now. Yeah, which he's he gets to the end of that and goes, wait, that's it. That's Where, where's the rest of this. There's supposed to be more. And that's when he traces back. He goes to visit uh, uncle Iroh, mm-hmm. who's still in prison, um, secretly buff. And he's like, look, I know you sent me the note. I know you're the one that sent me down to the catacombs. I read the story. I don't know what good you thought telling me what happened to my great grandfather was going to do. It's like, yeah, that's, you know how that great grandfather I was talking about your other great grandfather it's like what what it's like yeah and your mom's side of the family you're related to Roku the avatar <laughs> that was one that I had not anticipated I was like I know where this is going I've got this figured out this the rest of the season is in the palm of my hand did not anticipate uh further lineage stuff because mm-hmm. While we do learn that Roku had a wife uh, right. earlier in the episode, which again, you wanted to talk about, what the hell? Um, we did not learn that they had children. So why does that one throw you? How is it that a an avatar is supposed to give up all of their worldly possessions, as as indicated in this episode when Roku is uh, about to be shipped off uh, for this uh, this new life? And, you know, we've seen through Aang's training that, um, you know, he's supposed to be able to, like, let go of his attachments to other people and, and mm-hmm. this and that. I'm like, okay, but but then later you can still be married and have kids? Like a very, like, Anakin Skywalker kind of situation. <laughs> so I feel like that's because that is an an unclear interpretation of what that is supposed to mean. When I hear things like you are supposed to be able to let go of attachments, you have to be able to let go. I don't see that as you cannot be attached to other people. You cannot have material wealth. You cannot have material things. You cannot have a family. It means that you have to have already in your mind gone. All of this is impermanent. You have to go into all of that with the mindset of like, I'm going to enjoy everything that I have right now because tomorrow it's gone. You're right. You're absolutely right. Because that was part of the problem that Aang had, right? Is he was like, I, I'm not going to let go of the people that I love. Right. And what what he misunderstood at the time was you, you just have to be willing to understand that, well, they don't belong to you. You can't control how yep. long they will be a part of your life or how they feel about you just because you love them. Um, 
Okay, you're right. Fair. Um, it it's not as though that they were taught to be priests, <clears throat> where they had to only devote their their lives to one thing. It's it is very clear that they have to give up worldly possessions while they are training to become the avatar. But once they are fully realized as the avatar, they still have a long life ahead of them. And yeah. they're not they're not just going to like stay. Yes. Like a full-on monk forever. Yeah. What's funny is this, again, feels like Filoni evolving himself before he goes over to Star Wars. And Mm -hmm. fucks around with the Jedi code. I think Filoni's left already. Oh, has he? Okay. I think so. I think it was only season one. Yeah. Mm. Um, And then, once again... Spoilers. Aang marries. What? Like, Aang has a wife and kids in Korra. Mm -hmm. Okay. Where that get where that gets confusing is Korra is training to be the next avatar. Aang is still alive. <clears throat> ah, okay, yes. We've we've touched on this a little bit because you kind of can tell that from some of the previews, I think. Yeah. Um it, there's this old man with a big arrow tattoo yeah. on his head. <laughs> I guess they I guess they changed the they they changed the the rules, the the reincarnation they've they've cheated reincarnation. Doctor Who did it. <laughs> it's true. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and the takeaway, which they kind of hand feed to you at the end of the episode, is like, look, Roku was Fire Nation just as much as Sozin was. And, you know, it's not just that, you're, it, it, it's not fair to say, oh, all the Fire Nation people are evil. Uh, anyone is capable of good or evil, no matter where you're from. The magic of friendship and I, Roku I, I, and... Racism is bad. Yes. Don't put people in boxes. Yeah. Uh, oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what's really fun is is to see people be racist in the country that you are deployed to with them. Yeah. Super cool and good, you guys. Fun. Uh, it's the only time I ever threatened to hurt another soldier. Um, the magic of friendship is going to solve this. Zuko and uh, Aang are going to become friends and it's going to save the world. Which I think we always knew was, was coming, but they're like, they're really, they're really laying the groundwork right now for the, the big finale. Right. Yes. Which is still about another 20 episodes off. Maybe. Yeah. Not many, but I don't know yeah, that yeah. Like six, 15, 14. Uh, I know there's at least 17 episodes because uh, the next one that I have in my notes, uh, which I think you pointed out was like the last what? like fun one before the the big end, is uh, 17, the Ember, uh, Ember Island players. Yeah. That, which means yeah. we're not done with Ember Island. Uh, when we watch the Ember Island players, that that's the that is definitely the mark where, okay, we stop here and then all of the the remaining episodes we all watch as one chunk and we review it all as one chunk because it's the just entire, one hour and a half long movie the sozin's comet yeah arc yeah yep yeah well, that was cool guys mhm uh, i'm still tripping out at this fucking warp core bong I just, uh, anyway <laughs> Kevin would like to know if Roku's wife was hot. Would, so I've specifically been not 
acknowledging anything in hopes that they would stop. That's not going to happen. <laughs> I mean, why would we have a chat if if we're just going to ignore this ridiculousness? I'm I'm okay, but after like it's like all right, all right. This is the okay. Uh, uh, yeah, yep. Yeah, it's another fire pun, and there's another fire. Okay, get out, <laughs> get out, get out. Careful, but, you don't so want to turn into like an old timey like radio podcaster who used to scream at the chat and then edit his voice out of the MP3s. <clears throat> well, on that note, welcome to that whole thing. <laughs> Cable gets it. I got, I got nothing. I have nothing That's, to add to this. I'll tell you later. Well, Sign on that off. note. Yeah. With that, I am Aron Duran. I am Binarita. I am aghast. <laughs> and we will talk to everybody next week with a report from Mission Log Seattle. Oh, no. They canceled that, but didn't tell anybody in time to cancel the hotels. So we'll just tell you about a cool weekend we had in Seattle. Sounds good. Maybe we'll watch Star Trek while we're there. Fantastic. All right. Bye, everybody. Make it so. My fingers aren't cooperating. <laughs>